0: Join me each week to develop a show-ready mindset and gain the competitive edge you need to compete with confidence. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you resilient riders, high performers, horse lovers? I'm your host, Nicole Burnett, and today on the podcast, we are... Inspired by a bedtime story I was reading with my little boy this week. And if you happen to have a little boy in your life, this was a super cute little story called Mike Mulligan and His Steam Shovel. We read this story together. And afterwards, I was so struck and impressed by all of the parallels to mental performance and horse riding. I was inspired and I knew I had to talk about it on the podcast. It was a darling little book if you happen to have a little boy in your life called mike mulligan and his steam shovel marianne because of course the steam shovel has a name and basically in this story mike and marianne they work very hard together and they're digging out canals roads the deep basements for skyscrapers that are being built and throughout this story he's constantly saying "Hey." When you watch me work, I'm going to dig faster and I'm going to dig deeper. And throughout this story, times are changing, new machinery is coming out and they're looking for work. And then they get this job in a small town to dig out this basement, dig out the cellar for the new town hall. And so they go and says, I'm going to dig a cellar in a day and it would take a hundred men at least a week to dig the cellar otherwise. Me and Marianne, we can dig as much in a day as 100 men can dig in a week. They lay down that they're going to do this challenge, and people hear about it. And so people start coming to watch, and they start coming from surrounding towns, and they're all staying to watch. In the story says it made them dig a little faster and a little better. So people are coming from all around. The fire department comes, school comes, and people from 10 different villages. And the more people came... The faster Mike Mulligan and Marianne dug, the more people came, the better job they did. And it really got me thinking about the stories that we tell ourselves as riders, because this is one where we can really miss the stories that we tell. And in order to truly do well, we all know that those horses, people like to talk about those like really top show horses, and they'll talk about things like, oh my gosh, that horse knows. That horse knows when it's go time because when it's time to ride at a show, that horse really cranks it up to 11, right? They know and they love the spotlight. They love performing and they bring the heat every time. At the same time, we can be creating unhelpful narratives for ourselves when we talk about things like it's kind of almost a trope that you're going to have the best ride you ever had when you're alone at the barn and nobody's watching, or that you're going to have a really great ride when you are in the warm-up pen. <laughs> you're going to go to the show and you're going to have an amazing ride at two in the morning in the outside arena. All of these things, right? There, where you're like oh, I get really nervous writing in front of a judge. Or for example, honestly, even turning on a camera really freaks a lot of people out. So that's something that I will tell my clients to do. I'll say, hey, we're looking for ways that we can practice like we show. We're looking for ways to emulate that stress that you feel so that you can practice these techniques, practice performing under pressure without having to go to a show, right? And an easy, quick hack that I will just give you right now is film yourself. And honestly, when you come at it from this perspective, it's not about having clips for social media. It's not about filming to even observe the way that you ride and learn from it, which is valuable in the way most people approach recording, is that we're going to watch the video, see what went well, see what didn't. Literally just the act of recording yourself for most people makes them deeply uncomfortable. Because what happens is that when you record yourself, you can't change it, right? (laughs) It's like when you're in the arena, you either you overspun or you did not You were quiet at center or you weren't like, you can't go back and fix it the way that we love to do when we're training at home, right? It is what it is. And then it's recorded forever on your score sheet or on your video camera. It's really uncomfortable to video yourself just full stop. And so doing that is a really great way that you can add pressure to your rides, and practice all these techniques without having to go to show. So do it. Video yourself and just notice the feeling in your body and in your mind when you press play. 99.9% of you are going to send me a message that's something like, I pressed record and then all of a sudden my upper body tilted forward five degrees and it was hard to fix. Or I pressed record and my breathing got more shallow. I pressed record and all of a sudden I got more frozen in my body. It's fascinating and it's a valuable tool. That all comes back to what story are you telling yourself? Are you telling yourself that I don't do well when I'm riding in front of other people? I don't do well when the judge is watching. Do you tell yourself things like I do best or I can be the most relaxed when I'm by myself? I'm gonna have my best rides when the off season, And it's not that there can't be a kernel of truth in there. It's not that, for example, a lot of people do have really great rides in the middle of the off season, right? In the middle of winter, because maybe that's when you are truly riding the most consistently and really putting in the training hours and really practicing things. You're dialed in with your horse as a team. As opposed to maybe sometimes for a lot of people, counterintuitively, in the middle of summer, you're busy, you've got family vacations, your kids have summer camps, you're going to shows, and as much as you're riding and competing, you're not getting in the same sort of training hours to focus on the maneuvers as you do in the middle of winter. It's not that there can't be a kernel of truth in there, it's that are you boxing yourself in in a way that doesn't serve you? The more you tell yourself this story and deem it as the gospel truth in the only way, the more you've just boxed yourself in. If that's true, then how are you really going to have a good ride in July? It doesn't work. It doesn't compute and it's not going to connect. And so it's really valuable to consider those things. The other thing is I shared this idea on an Instagram live and I had someone share their experience where they were saying their daughter Who rides with a top trainer that riding with that trainer is more stressful than showing. She always ends up doing better shows than she does at home in her lessons. And I thought that was fascinating. And again, a perfect example of the power of the stories that we tell ourselves. I can totally see how this happens because when you work closely with a trainer, they know you, they know your horse. They know if you edged that spin, they know that you really could have plused that maneuver, but you played it really safe or you didn't push it and you just zeroed it. They know all of these things. I can completely understand where they end up being extra hard on you. You zeroed that spin, you should have plused it. That was a plus half, that should have been a plus one. And they know all the ins and outs of your riding. The other thing is that, When you're working with someone, if they're scary or intimidating to you in any way, that can absolutely affect your mental state and your performance. And then if you go into the arena and you think, gosh, it's just me and this judge who doesn't know me, may not be as nitpicky and is just going to watch me ride, it feels like you've lightened the pressure. But that all comes back to the story that you tell yourself and the story of Here's when I do my best. Here's the way my trainer treats me. Here's the way I behave. Here's the way the judge behaves. And again, it's not that there's not truth in those stories. It's that is it serving you to continue to perpetuate that story? Is there a more helpful story? So, for example, is it serving that young woman to say, Gosh, going in the show is so much easier than writing at home? And I don't know. That would be a question that you'd have to answer for yourself, right? Does it make progressing at home more difficult if your trainer's always nitpicking you? Maybe, maybe not. Does it help you make showing easier because it feels like less pressure than just riding at your home barn? Again, sometimes the story can be true, sometimes it can be not true. And the important point is that the story that you tell yourself is more powerful than whether it's objectively true or not true. So when we take all this back to riding and competing. If we tell ourselves the story that I don't do as well when other people are watching, that has a direct impact on our performance. When we tell ourselves an alternative story, maybe we could even borrow from Mike Mulligan and a steam shovel and say something like, gosh, I ride better, faster, stronger. I'm going to get 5% better scores anytime somebody starts watching me. And it's really important to be aware of these stories that are playing in the back of our mind, because most of the time we are just straight up not aware of what we're doing. Being aware of the story that we are telling ourselves is absolutely vital. And we need to know what that story is so that we can decide is this a story that is serving me? Is this a story that is helpful? Or is this a story that is holding me back? And if it is, How do I want to adjust it? What would be a more helpful story for me to be telling myself about this situation? Because I can absolutely see, for example, with digging the shovel, the pressure is on to perform and dig out the cellar that go away, don't watch me, it's too stressful. But no, it was the opposite of I'm going to do better when you watch me. That's really powerful mental performance and making it work for him. And I think that there's a lot that we can learn there. As riders, the reason this is so important is that as we tell these stories to ourselves, we are reinforcing specific neural pathways and we are either making success harder or easier for ourselves. This is why, again, mental performance is so important because if you've been spinning your wheels and you wonder why. Is success so much harder for you than everyone else? There is a reason. Chances are it's something that you haven't considered before. And so when you tell these stories to yourself, you're wiring your mind for failure instead of wiring your mind for success. Because all of these are stories that we tell ourselves. And this is specifically related to the story of how do I perform? Do I ride better when other people are watching or do I ride better than when we're I'm alone? My horse and I are just alone. Other stories that can be interfering with your performance have to do with what's the point in setting goals, right? Especially big goals. They never come true anyway. Or a story around I just don't know how to achieve my goals. I still have so much more to learn before I can start or why is it working for everyone else except me? I must be missing something. There's a story around everything needs to be perfect or it'll fall apart. Maybe you have a story about I should already be successful by now or it's all on my shoulders. I just need more time in the day. All of this ties into creating the success you deserve because your mind has to be wired for success. And until you wire your mind like a successful person until you get your mind thinking the thoughts of a resilient rider and a confident champion. You can read as many books, you can ride as many horses as you want, but your forward progress and success is always going to feel like one step forward, two steps back. So if you're talking about setting big goals and thinking they never come true, that's telling yourself a story that your sense of self-worth depends on your achievement. And that might prompt you to settle for safe goals, realistic goals that don't excite you. If your goals don't excite you, you're going to end up stop setting goals. And you're also only going to really feel accomplished based on checking things off your to-do list, which it doesn't feel good inside. Or maybe that story about, I don't know how to achieve my goals. I still have so much more to learn before I can start. That one can really pop up for horse riders too, because the minute you start learning more, the minute you feel very humble about how there is so much more to learn about horses and riding, you can constantly feel the need to just learn one more thing, right? So you might want to read every book that you can on horses. You're constantly going up for another lesson, putting your horse in training, and you just end up in this constant state of learning instead of executing. I love learning. Literally everything. I am not anti learning, but at some point you have to be willing to apply the knowledge. And so, in the horse realm, if you want to compete, that means at some point you have to enter the horse show. And if you're constantly in this learning instead of execution stage, you're going to feel so overwhelmed because it's literally impossible to know everything. It's literally impossible. And you're going to feel overwhelmed. You're going to question yourself at every turn. Maybe you're just thinking that you're missing something because why is it working for everybody else except me? You might look at all the people who are winning at horse shows and maybe sometimes in your secret mind, you think they have it easier. There's something about their life that's easier. Maybe they bought a better trained horse. Their horse is better breeding. There's something about it where it must be nice for them. And the other part of your brain kind of wonders, man, like, is success even really possible for me? Am I ever going to be winning the shows? Because even though you're doing all of the right things, you're riding a horse, you're putting in the time, you're doing all this stuff, you're still kind of stuck and they're being successful. Okay, perfectionism, because this one I see all the time, particularly in the rainers, because they can get really kind of (laughs) anal and everything needs to be perfect or it'll just fall apart. You get overwhelmed by uncertainty, right? Because every decision feels like an all or nothing gamble, and that can lead to an unhealthy behavior of just sitting on the sidelines and not taking action. If nothing feels good enough and you constantly need validation and approval, or you just get paralyzed by this fear of judgment and rejection before you even start. You're never going to go anywhere or just that feeling of you don't have enough time to stay consistent. And I feel this so much because especially if you're an active non-pro, life's on your shoulders. You've got, you're just probably drowning in the sea of too much to do. I can really feel like other people don't understand your unique situation, right? They don't understand everything that you have to carry in your life but you have to be really careful that you don't wear your busyness as a badge of honor. I know there's a lot of people, it can make them feel important to be busier than everybody else. And if you're adopting that as a part of your identity, as part of your story, that's going to make it difficult for you to move forward or find solutions so that you feel like you do have more time in the day. And of course, the classic self-guilt trip of I should already be more successful. Life doesn't seem fair. You're just trying so hard. And even though maybe you're riding four or five days a week, you're trying really hard to practice your gratitude, but kind of in your secret heart, you resent your circumstances because maybe you feel like you promised yourself five years ago you'd be at a certain spot. You feel like you would have pointed out of a certain level and you're still there. And it just feels like you can't be happy until you succeed at whatever you want. So oh, these are all just examples of stories that we tell ourselves and you can see inherently how the stories that we tell ourselves directly impact the behaviors that we take on, the actions that we take. So we have to be aware of these stories. This is very interesting and I want to hear what is the number one story that you tell yourself when you think about yourself and the progress you make or don't make as a writer, the success you experience or don't experience when you compete. When you think about that, what's the number one thought that you have to yourself? And this can honestly be really hard for a lot of people because it's so ingrained that you don't realize that it's a story you tell yourself, which is so interesting about it. So think about it. And see what comes up, and then send me a message, because I want to hear about these stories. because, like I said, these stories are so powerful because the stories that we tell ourselves, they're wiring our brain for success or failure. They're wiring us to make forward progress or to stuck where we are, or, heaven forbid, go backwards, right? They're reinforcing certain neural pathways that are helpful or not helpful. And the thoughts that we think and the stories we tell ourselves, even if we're not aware of it, it directly influences the actions we take and the behaviors we take. So I really want to hear what's that number one story that pops up for you. Thanks so much for listening and can't wait to talk again next week.